Good morning. Welcome to the Litchfield United Church of Christ podcast. Today is Sunday, May 2nd, 2021. I ask now that you please join me in our opening prayer. Heavenly God, open our eyes not to see the world more clearly, but to see you. Open our eyes to see you working around us and in us. Nothing happens by accident. You orchestrate every day of our lives. Allow us to see your hand in the mundane and the fantastic. Help us to trust in what we cannot see and believe in your invisible presence. At times we waver in our belief that you see and hear us. Like the father of the demon-possessed man, we wonder if you will answer prayers. We believe, yet we ask you to help our unbelief. Strengthen our belief in you, that we may be able to do everything we are called to do. Heavenly God, the peace that comes through faith in you surpasses all human understanding. Help us to keep our faith in you alone that we would have peace and not falter in our thinking. The world wants to destroy the peace we have through faith in you. Protect our minds and hearts from the things of this world. Pour out your perfect peace. Each day is an opportunity to strengthen our faith. Our most significant chance for hope comes in trusting that you love us so much that you sent Jesus to become the necessary sacrifice to erase our sins. That is where our faith begins each day, knowing we are yours. You know our hearts, you know our needs, and you know the hearts of those around us and their needs. May we reflect your peace and hope to a world that so desperately needs your presence and healing. At this time, we bring to you the names of those that are on our hearts and minds, those we love and those we may not know, but who are in need of your healing touch. The family of Rita Thomas, Josh Peters, Ruth Carter, Mindy, Gail Chaplin, Bob Schaefer, Michaela Riley and Mary Sampson, Lynn Melnick, The Wolf Family, Shane, Jared, Mike, Shannon, and Faith, Ted Black, Tim Hall, Scott Singleton, Carissa, Gary Longbottom, Robert Longbottom, Jim Berger, Ray Newhouser, Jim Walkham. We pray that your blessings be upon them and those who love and care for them, and we pray that they may find encouragement and peace, that their sorrows and concerns be transformed into comfort and their loneliness into fellowship with you. Dear God, thank you for the unmerited favor of your love. It is because of the faith you created in us that we have been saved, set apart to do your work, and received your grace. 
Through Christ we have received grace upon grace. We sometimes miss the mark and fall short of your will. Thank you for the grace you lavish when we falter in our faith. Thank you for grace upon grace. Merciful God, accept these prayers for the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ, as we say together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Today is the second message in our seven-week series, and it's titled, Kiss the Wave. And our scripture comes from Exodus 14, verses 13 through 31. But Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. But you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the Israelites may go into the sea on dry ground. Then I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, so that they will go in after them. And so I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots and his chariot drivers. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gained glory for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his chariot drivers. The angel of God who was going before the Israelite army moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. And so the cloud was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them. All of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning, watch the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, 
and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Let us pray. Almighty Father, fight for us. When enemies surround us and even when we turn against ourselves, please take over and fight for us. In your presence, we will be patient and alert. Thank you for giving us strength. Amen. There is a legend in Judaism about a man named Nashin. Nashin only gets one begat in the Bible. Of course, that's one more than you and me. He is the great, great, great grandfather of King David. He disappears almost as soon as he makes his debut. But nation is created with saving the nation of Israel by one act of courage. We all know the story of Moses parting the Red Sea. The story of nation is a legend from Judaism that I want to share with you as it will help with today's message of kissing the wave. The legend goes, after their exodus out of Egypt, the Israelites are trapped between a rock and a hard place. The Egyptian army and the Red Sea. No one knows what to do. There is no way out. And that's when God issues a counterintuitive command. Tell the people of Israel to go forward. The problem with that was this. There is no way forward because the Red Sea is in front of them. According to the rabbinic tradition, this is when the leader of the tribe of Judah or nation steps up and steps into the Red Sea. Nation wades, nation wades into the Red Sea until he is neck deep, right up to his nostrils. And that is when and where and how, according to the legend, the Red Sea splits in half. God is the one who makes a sidewalk through the sea, but it was Nation who made the miracle possible. How? By wading into the water. According to Psalm 114, the sea saw him and fled. There's an old axiom, if you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. And here's one more along the same lines. If you want God to make a sidewalk through the sea, you have to wade into the water. Most of us spend our lives waiting for God to split the Red Sea. Maybe, just maybe, God is waiting for you to get your feet wet. And maybe, just maybe, God is waiting for you to wade into the water.
Here's what I know for sure. If you want God to do the super, you have to do the natural. You have to take a calculated risk. You have to make a defining decision. You have to take a leap of faith. That's all it takes for God to make a sidewalk through the sea. But you have to kiss the wave. The first step is always the hardest step. Why? You have to overcome the law of inertia by exercising initiative. You have to overcome fear by exercising faith. You have to take the first step before God reveals the second step. That's what nation did. You have to be willing to wade into the water, if necessary, right up to your nostrils. So let me set the scene of Exodus 14. The Israelites are trapped between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. It seems like a no-win situation, death by sword or death by drowning. Put yourself in their sandals for a second. Imagine the sound of horses and chariots. The entire Egyptian army is coming at you full throttle. This is fight or flight. It says the people panicked, but this is also when leaders lead. This is when spirit-led leaders stay calm and carry on. This is not an easy task. This is when spirit-filled leaders step up and step in. That's who Moses is, and that's what Moses does. In verse 13, Moses says, Do not be afraid, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. Three simple thoughts today as we kiss the wave. One, face your fear. Two, take your stand. And three, Hold your peace. When my mom was diagnosed with cancer the first time, she stayed strong. She persevered. And then the second and third and fourth cancer diagnosis came along. We would talk about it, and every time she was diagnosed, she made a plan. She faced her fear. She made a plan for something that she wanted to be here for. It seemed to always involve seeing Nick do something, graduate from high school, play in the marching band at his college football game, dance with him at his wedding, and so on. And she was able to see some of those wishes in her plans. I think my mom learned to kiss the wave that threw her against the rock of ages. And even though she was terrified to be in water, she jumped in and faced her fear by making a plan and focusing on something other than her illness. So number one, face your fear. As I said earlier, if you've got the Egyptian army coming at you full speed, it is fight or flight. Yet Moses says, fear not. Easier said than done, no doubt. But courage is not the absence of fear. Fear is a prerequisite. The question is this, how do you manage fear in moments 
like this. According to psychologists, we're only born with two fears. One is the fear of falling, and the other is the fear of loud noises. Every other fear is learned, which means every other fear can be unlearned. Faith is a process of unlearning fear. How? 1 John 4.18 says, Perfect love casts out all fear. If you fear God, which is the beginning of wisdom, and it means to hold God in high esteem, to revere God above all else. If you fear God, you don't have to fear anything else. The fear of God is the cure of every other fear. Let me push that envelope a little bit. Pick a fear, any fear. The cure for the fear of failure is not success. The cure for the fear of failure is failure. In small enough doses that you build up an immunity to it, you need to identify the type of fear you're dealing with. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of intimacy, fear of the future, fear of certain social situations. You have to identify it, and then you don't avoid it. You actually expose yourself to it in small enough ways that you build up some immunity to it. You wade into the water like nation. Nine times out of ten, Failure is poorly managed success, and success is well-managed failure. For some of us, one of the greatest things that could happen to us is for the thing we fear to actually happen because it will set us free. Let me add one more thing to the mix. We are a community of faith. We eat faith for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The net result? We dream big, pray hard, and think long. We go after God-sized goals. We elevate and activate each other's faith, and it creates a barrier against fear. One final thought on facing your fear. All of us want a miracle. None of us wants to be in a situation that necessitates a miracle, but you can't have one without the other. Here's the good news. When you experience a setback, you do not take a step back because God is already preparing your comeback. What does God say to Moses in Exodus 14:4? I have planned this in an order to display my glory. God is going to put his glory on display one way or the other. This last year has shown me more miracles than I ever imagined. My faith, my growth, my understanding of where God wants me to be has taken flight inside of me. We have all been thrown against the rock of ages this past year. It's how we walked into the things thrown at us that are going to help us face all the fears of this past year. Second, we have to stand our ground. 
Different translations of the Bible say, stand your ground in different ways. The NLT version says, stand still, as in, be still and know that I am God. The NIV says, stand firm, as in, having done all to stand, stand firm. The Amplified says, take your stand. The GNT says, stand your ground. Whichever way you slice it, what is the hardest thing to do if the Egyptian army is coming at you full speed? It's stand your ground. There is a scene in the movie Ford versus Ferrari where Carol Shelby, the race car driver played by Matt Damon, says, There's a point at 7,000 RPM where everything fades. The machine becomes weightless. It just disappears. All that's left is a body moving through space and time. 7,000 RPM, that's where you meet it. That's where you feel it. It creeps up on you, and it asks you a question. The only question that really matters. Who are you? Now, I have no idea what thoughts are firing across Moses' mind. But his mind is probably spinning at 7,000 RPM. Where do we go? What do we do? I wonder if he has a flashback to the burning bush. He asks God the question, who am I? I love the way God answers the question by not answering the question Moses asked, but by answering the question Moses should have asked. God says, I will be with you. That's all we need to know. So it's 7,000 RPM and Moses says, stand still. These are the moments when we discover who we are and who God is. This is so counterintuitive that it ranks right up there with something General Anthony McAuliffe said to American troops when they were completely surrounded by the enemy at the Battle of the Bulge. So picture the army surrounded completely with no way out. And he says to them, Men, we have the greatest opportunity ever afforded an army. We can attack in any direction. That is flipping the script. That is kissing the wave. In crisis situations, go back to ground zero. Go back to the foot of the cross. Make a beeline for the empty tomb. Go back to the promises you can stand on. He who began a good work is going to carry it to completion. He is watching over his word to perform it. He is working all things together for good. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can sing songs like, Great is thy faithfulness, or Jesus loves me. Go back to the daily spiritual disciplines. And why? The only ceiling on our intimacy with God and impact on the world is daily spiritual disciplines. Stay grounded in God's word. Press in and pray through. 
That's how you stand your ground. Having done all to stand, you stand. You fight one more round. We have a core value. If you stay humble and stay hungry, there is nothing God cannot do in you or through you. That's how we stay in our lane. That's how we stay the course. The most underestimated kind of power is staying power. It's long obedience in the same direction. It's the cumulative effect of faith, hope, and love. It's the compound interest in prayer and fasting. On November 31st, 1517, Martin Luther posted 95 theses on the doors of the castle church. The list was a dialect on the power and adequacy of indulgences. He was taken to the Diet of the Worms, which is the assembly of the Holy Roman Empire held in Worms, Germany. When he was told at the Diet of Worms to recant this list, Luther said, My conscience is taken captive by God's word. I cannot and will not recant anything. For to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. I can do no other. We need that kind of moral courage, especially in this cultural moment. How do you kiss the wave? You ground yourself in the word of God. You anchor yourself to the promises of God but you also embrace the pain and suffering. You've got to learn the lesson and cultivate the character. You're probably familiar with the five stages, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Let me add one more. According to David Kessler, there is a sixth stage. It's called meaning. Frederick Nietzsche said, He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. Meaning, a person who has found a purpose in life can overcome any obstacle in their path. This brings us to our third step. Hold your peace. There is an ancient tradition called Pass the Peace. It is something we haven't been able to do in this church in quite a while due to COVID. This tradition actually traces back to the Sermon on the Mount. If you're offering a gift and realize you're at odds with someone, go and be reconciled. That's how you counteract racial tension and political polarization. You interrupt the pattern. You love your enemies. You pray for those who persecute you. You bless those who curse you. And when we pass the peace, heaven invades earth. But let me back up one step. It's really hard to pass the peace if you don't learn how to hold your peace. Let's be honest. A lot of people have lost their peace. One-third of Americans struggle with anxiety or depression. How do we get it back? 
How do you hold your peace when it seems like the world is spinning off its axis, when the train is going off the track? As those who follow the Prince of Peace, we stay calm and carry on. We are a people who rebuke the wind and waves. We say to the storm, peace be still. We don't take offense. We play offense. We don't react. We proact. How? As grace givers and peacemakers. And when we do, we shift the atmosphere. How do you hold your peace? One way you do it is by owning your past. If you don't own the past, the past owns you. You cannot change the past, but you can learn from it. And then you can bury it six feet deep. I don't know what you need to bury, but it's time to kiss the wave. Pretty simple message this week. If you want to kiss the wave, you have to face your fear. You have to stand your ground. You have to hold your peace. Nothing easy about those three things. Easier said than done, no doubt. I love what happens when the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. I'm not sure what step of faith you need to take. I do know this. The first step is the hardest step. You have to overcome the law of inertia by exercising initiative. You have to overcome fear by exercising faith. If you need marriage counseling, it's hard to wade into the water. If it's losing weight, it's hard to wade into the water. If you're training for a marathon, it's hard to wade into the water. If it's resolving conflict, it's hard to wade into the water. The first step is always the hardest step. But if you want God to do the super, you have to do the natural. If you want God to make a sidewalk through the sea, you have to wade into the water and kiss the wave. There are two kinds of people in the world, plotters and plotters. I better spell the difference. Plotters, plotters with two T's, plotters with two D's. Plotters are those people who see the far-off future. They have vision beyond their resources. They set God-sized goals. They dream the unthinkable and attempt the impossible. I admire plotters with two T's, but I'll tell you who I admire even more. Plotters with two D's. These are the people who get up every morning and win the day. They stay humble and stay hungry. They stay in their lane and they stay the course. Remember Nation? He's the patron saint of plotters with two Ds. What if he stopped after stepping into the water? Well, that didn't work. Or quit when he was waist deep. This isn't happening. What if he had stopped when the water reached his chin? That was a waste of time and energy. 
We often quit too soon. We often give up too easily. Come on, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before, he endured the cross. In other words, he kissed the wave for you and for me. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Kiss the wave. Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. We hope that you enjoyed the second sermon in our series. I ask now that you please join me in our closing benediction. We have gathered here today, Lord God, as your people, to offer you our sacrifice of prayer and worship. We have fed on your word, been refreshed through your living water, felt the encircling of your spirit around this fellowship and around individual lives. As we go from this place, may we continue to know your presence and power in the very different lives that we lead. To your praise and glory. Amen. Mm-hmm.